This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 705, Comic Reviews for the weeks of Wednesday, August 21st and 28th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is our first episode of September because we've been on hiatus a couple weeks. I went on vacation to Disney World, and so I thought, you know what? Usually in a year, I have uh, one or two episodes or one or two weeks where I kind of take off, and uh, then I do double reviews episodes when I get back. I actually recently did one. I believe that was episode 699, uh, but now I'm doing it again already. So this is episode 705. We're talking about two weeks' worth of comics, uh, which are already seeming so old because we've already had new comics come out on the, I uh, guess, what, the 4th of September. So uh, let's jump right in and, and kind of, uh, I'm going to be a little bit quicker here, but did want to make sure I talked about some of these issues. Uh, first up from August 21st, some of the releases that week included new issues of Aquaman, uh, Black Mask, Year of the Villain, uh, Daredevil, Deadpool Annual, Death's Head, Fearless, uh, Ghost Spider, Gardens of the Galaxy, uh, History of the Marvel Universe, uh, Magnificent Miss Marvel, Marvel Comics Presents, Nightwing, Savage Sword of Conan, Star Wars Doctor Aphra, Star Wars TIE Fighter, Superior Spider-Man, Superman Year One, Superman's Pal, Jimmy Olsen, Teen Titans, Tony Stark, Iron Man, Valkyrie, Jane Foster, and Wonder Woman Come Back to Me. Uh, so the first books I'll actually look at from August 21st, I'm only talking about three of them. Uh, first up, we have Absolute Carnage versus Deadpool, um, which I actually, actually really enjoyed. Uh, this is by Frank Thierry, uh, Marcelo or Marcello Ferreira. I'm not exactly sure who did the pencil, like how to pronounce his name, but he did the pencils. Uh, Roberto Poggi on inks, uh, Rochelle Rosenberg on colors. Uh, virtual calligraphy is Joe Sabino on letters. Um, and I, I really like this. I thought this was interesting. Um, I like that you had Spider-Man Deadpool at the beginning kind of running from each other, and that I thought was really funny. Uh, it was kind of an interesting, funny kind of intro sequence, which ends up not really mattering much for the rest of the book. Um, but you end up having, you know, uh, Deadpool goes to Ravencroft and ends up, you know, kind of getting involved in the whole absolute carnage thing and, and fighting there and trying to escape. Uh, it's definitely interesting. Um, you know, I, I mean... Every Deadpool versus book is very different from each other. They're all, you know, have their own unique uh, sensibilities. I liked this one. It, you know, it takes place during the Absolute Carnage event. I don't know if the beginning needed to be there in some ways because it was, it was kind of a long, protracted sequence that really didn't end up mattering as why. Well, I mean, it set up the, kind of the initial premise to get Deadpool where he goes, but. Uh, other than that, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, but I, I still dug it. You know, I really like the art. I thought the story was not as kind of silly as sometimes we see in these Deadpool books. So it wasn't quite uh, over the top silliness. I thought again the art was did a great job of grounding it. Sometimes in these uh, versus books, the art goes a little bit crazier and looser and silly. But here it felt uh, like a lot more on point to more of a typical superhero book. Um, visually, I thought it was very very enjoyable and easy to read. Um, I like that White Rabbit is showing up everywhere these days. Because uh, she makes an appearance here. I like this a lot. Um, I'm actually going to give it an 8. I thought it was a very solid read. I'm, everything I've read from Absolute Carnage so far, I've really enjoyed. And this is not uh, not the book that's going to ruin that, that rule thus far. Uh, next up, we have Batman 77. Um which continues the City of Bane. This is part three. Uh, it's written by Tom King, artwork by Mikhail Yannon and Tony S. Daniel, with uh, inks by Yannon, Norm Rapman, Daniel, and then you have uh, Jordi Belair and Tomele um, Moray on colors, with Clayton Cowles on letters. Um, I definitely like. I liked it. I'd, I the, the stuff with Bruce, I didn't really care for as much. Um, it, it was interesting, but I just felt like it was oddly paced and uh, weirdly put together. I thought everything else I thought really worked. Um, everything with 
uh, Damien and uh, Thomas I thought was really well done and the art was really stunning there as well very moody um, the big kind of reveal of uh, Alfred having his neck snapped was kind of crazy um, I just wish I connected more to the Bruce and Selena stuff them Bruce at all walking through you know the streets of where are they Paris or whatever that I, I just I wasn't sure if I really bought into that um and tonally, it just feels so different from the darkness of the rest of the book, and maybe that's the point, but it just felt weird. Um, I did like the one sequence where he's sitting and his face is in shadow, um, and you just have him, even his eyes are in shadow. Like, it doesn't matter. You cannot get into this man's soul. And Bruce is just in there, and then it's this sequence, it's what, four panels, where he's sitting in darkness, you have the darkness is clouding his face, you can't see the details of Bruce's face. You have a tighter close-up in the third panel, where it's more on his face, but again, his eyes are like black holes. And then this last shot of him just saying I lost that really felt affecting the rest of the of him and Selena's sequences I didn't feel like they worked as much even her like cooking and everything while he's sleeping didn't quite work for me but that one page was just felt so emotional and you could really feel the weight of everything that Bruce has gone through I didn't feel it in the rest of the Bruce sequences but that one in particular really felt the weight of it all was was stunning and the rest of the issue I really enjoyed because I liked the fight with Gotham Girl and Damien I liked him against Thomas and I liked you know I don't know where they're going to go with the whole Alfred you know getting his neck snap thing is that, a, is that really happening or not I don't know that was kind of crazy too so there's a lot of good things about this but there's some things that don't quite work thankfully the things that don't quite work are not going to overwhelm you know my reading experience or did not overwhelm my reading experience so i'd still give this a seven out of ten um it just was something i noticed that i didn't really like as much and last but definitely not least we have powers of ten issue number three of six um I continue to really love this book. This is by Jonathan Hickman, R.B. Silva on art, with Marte Garcia on colors, with Virtual Calligraphy's Clayton Cowles on letters, and Tom Muller doing design. Uh, there's a lot going on here. It's such an interesting book. There's graphs. There's everything you'd expect from a Jonathan Hickman book where in the deep future you have... Um, you know, you have Nimrod. Well, not in the deep future. I think this is, what, 100 years forward. But you have uh, Karima... Have they said this is still Karima at this point? I'm pretty sure it is. With Nimrod, uh, this future version of the X-Men is trying to kind of break in, but they're, they have a, a different goal. They're trying to go and find out information from you know the, the deep recesses of Nimrod's kind of um, information banks. They're able to get information, bring it to Moira, and uh, you know shove it through a, a you know a data crystal into her uh, so that she knows information and then Wolverine kills her and that's how her ninth end uh, life ends and then it makes a little bit more sense maybe why she makes the decisions she makes in the tenth life what's so interesting to me about this all is that in m- many of these lives you didn't have her meeting Kevin McTaggart you didn't have Proteus so it's so interesting that the tenth life she kind of goes way off script. Um, in terms of the other things that she decides to do. I'm wondering if they're going to rectify that or reconcile how that happens. But, I mean, so far, I'm so down for the ride. I'm going to give this an 8.5. I just felt, you know, there's such a sense of urgency here, and especially once you reread it. Like, I find, when I read it, and I got to the end, and I feel like it meant more when I read it again, because you know it's it's kind of like a, not a Terminator, but, you know, it's a classic kind of time, not time travel per se, because they have this extra wrinkle of the of the the life, lives that she lives it's kind of like a cosmic reset button but it's so fascinating to, you know and so there's this urgency they have to get this information to her they finally have it so that she can come back in, in her 10th life and be different um, 
loving it. Eight and a half out of ten. I'm just such a big fan of this book. Uh, then we fast forward to August 28th, when I, in the heart of when I was at Disney World. Uh, tons of books came out when I was gone, including Absolute Carnage Lethal Protectors, Absolute Carnage Miles Morales, Action Comics, Amazing Spider-Man, Avengers, Batgirl. I'm not going to mention everything because there's so many. Captain America, Detective Comics, Friendly Neighborhood, Spider-Man 11, uh, Marvel Comics 1000, which I haven't been able to get my hands on, which I'm super sad about, um, House of X... Uh, so I'm going to about to talk to that, so I'm not going to mention that. Uh, Runaways, Red Hood Outlaw, uh, Thanos, The Flash, Thor, Wonder Woman, all sorts of books. I only had a chance to read four of them. Uh, Absolute Carnage number two is one of them. Such a such a fan of this this event so far. Um, this is written by Donny Cates, artwork by Ryan Stegman with J.P. Meyer on inks and Frank Martin on colors with virtual calligraphies Clayton Cowles on letters. Uh, this book visually is stunning. I love the colors. I love the artwork by Ryan Stegman. It's so cool. Um, I like like the, the pages with Carnage on them are like seething red. Um, when he's not there, like it feels a little bit more vibrant because he's not around. Um, we had, anyways. I'm just I'm so in love with where this is going. It's you know you have this interesting kind of almost like a civil war between Carnage and uh, the Norman Osborn Carnage because uh, he thinks he's Cletus. Uh, we have uh, Miles Morales trying to protect our, our, and save uh, Scorpion, which is kind of crazy. Um, and you know, Scorpion kind of gets a little bit fucked up, and which is kind of crazy to see as well. His spine gets injured. I really dug this. I thought it was pretty crazy. Um, again, has is so much vibrance in the artwork. It really comes alive. Um, really dug this. Like the um, the back matter too. Um, like that they had the what the, the unused cover from Amazing Spider Man three sixty one here. Um, was cool to kind of see as well. Um, this this event so far, I'm really digging. I'm liking the tie-ins. Obviously, it's spiraling maybe out of control and, and going everywhere, but thus far, I'm still enjoying it, and I think it's still a solid read. Uh, so I would definitely give that an 8 out of 10. Next up is House of X, uh, number 3. Um, so it's interesting, because I've already read issue 4, which I find to be even better than this. Um, but issue 3 was definitely entertaining uh, and interesting. A ratcheting up the stakes. This is written by Jonathan Hickman, Pepe Larraz on art, Marte Garcia on colors, and virtual calligraphies to Clayton Cowles on letters, with Tom Muller doing design. I would say that this is probably the most straightforward of the books that we've seen so far. In terms of it's not in the future, it's in the now. It feels like it connects a little bit more immediately because it's not like, what is this? Where are we? What's happening? It just feels more like, this is a mission. Let's go. Let's do this. Um, and there's just something kind of nice about that. The team is obviously kind of a weird one. We're not really s- still understanding where we got to this place and why this is the team we have, but okay. Um, so we have like Marvel Girl, Mystique, Nightcrawler, M, Archangel, um, Wolverine on the team, Cyclops. Like it, It's an interesting team to have. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely dug it. Like, you're seeing X-Men doing kind of classic X-Men in space type of things. Um, again, there's a lot of dis- other work in here. Like, it's not just your straightforward comic, because then you're getting, like, a Sentinel to Nimrod progression chart. You're getting inf- more information about uh, the different, uh, you know, uh, lives that uh, Moira's had. Uh, more kind of understanding. You're having uh, Sabretooth getting uh, popped from... Um, from uh, from court uh, because he's a Krakoan citizen. Uh, and then you have all the action on the Orcus Forge where you have the Mother Mold about to be created and you have the X-Men going, you know, to, to take them out. 
uh, and, and take down this facility, which is kind of crazy. Um, this I w- I've already read the next chapter. This chapter is not nearly as thrilling as the next one, but it's definitely interesting. Uh, as you see the X Men, uh, you know, in, uh, touching base, trying to you know start the, their mission. Um, you have. The people on the uh, facility are fighting back, and they end up creating an explosion that uh, kills one of them, uh, which definitely comes back to haunt uh, uh, Cyclops in the next issue. Uh, but it's extremely well done. Uh, great action. Uh, great sense of, of pacing. Um, I'm going to give this an 8.5 out of 10. Uh, this was just such a fun, enjoyable read. Uh, again, it's, you know, it's not even superhero action necessarily, but it's, you know, the straightforward action-adventure story, and it really was riveting. Uh, next up, we have Spider-Man Life Story uh, number six. This is the last chapter uh, in the uh, 2010s. It's chapter six, All My Enemies, by Chip Zdarsky and Mark Bagley with Andrew Hennessy on inks and Frank DeMarta on colors with virtual calligraphies Travis Lanham on letters. And I really liked the beginning and ending of this story, um, closing with a dream. Um, having Miles Morales here feels even more like the passing of a torch than it is in the current continuity because Peter has been allowed to age out to, to the degree that he has. Uh, what's really cool here is that its ability to meld in different things where you have, you know, Venom and Craven attacking Spider-Man and, uh, and then the kind of the revelation that, you know, basically Craven's dead and it was really just Venom keeping him alive. The Venom symbiote kind of animating it. And then you have the revelation that uh, Miles Morales at some point in this reality was taken over by Otto Octavius, which is again such a cool inversion of the superior Spider-Man ideas. Like, I like how Chip Zdarsky's taking ideas from you know, the last however many years of Spider-Man continuity and repurposing them and putting them into this story. And this is something that was big in the 2010. So you're bringing in Miles, you're bringing in the idea of superior Spider-Man and you're making it and you're having it be a big story. I like the kind of story on the mindscape with Peter, you know, fighting through, uh, fighting against Otto and these memories of all his different enemies, uh, which is just so interesting to see. And I love the idea that, you know, Aunt May is kind of the one who's able to help stop Otto. It was so interesting and kind of uh, touched base with that side of him. And uh, no, it's very interesting. I really enjoyed this. And uh, yeah, this was a great read. The whole miniseries, I think, is just fantastic. Uh, had a nice ending. Uh, I like that the, the Venom symbiote is kind of what is able to kind of protect him at the very end. Or not really end up protecting him enough, but uh, doing enough of a job so that he's able to kind of have this last moment in his head where he's able to say goodbye to MJ, uh, which was really fascinating. Um, yeah, no, I really enjoyed it, and I liked where it kind of left Otto, and I like where it leaves uh, Miles and kind of taking up the the mantle, and I was like also like the end, the idea of the dream, um, you know, this that again that opened and closed the issue. Uh, felt like it really hit a lot of really sentimental beats. And I love the, the idea that uh, when Peter says to MJ, you know, you're my heart and Mary Jane Watson, you're my jackpot. And then he dies. And uh, this was an emotional read. And, you know, I kind of wish that this is the Spider-Man we got to see, you know, the Spider-Man we got to live th- and change and evolve in a way that, you know, regular Spider-Man, unfortunately, kind of never can. Um, it's almost fascinating that they aged him so much in the earlier years of the character and then eventually got to the point where they couldn't do that anymore and then we have this kind of 
arrested development that has occurred with Peter Parker. But this series basically says, like, what if what if we weren't stuck with that? What if we were able to age him? What if he was able to evolve? What if all his enemies evolved? What if it all changed? Uh, what if certain touchstones still happened, but it was as he was aging through them? Uh, it's not the first time this has been done in comics, but first time it's been done with Spider-Man, and I just found it exceptionally engaging. I'm going to give this section a 9 out of 10. And last but not least this week, I'm talking about Superman 14. Uh, this is written by uh, Brian Michael Bendis. This is the Unity Saga, the House of L, the Conclusion Part One, uh, with artwork by Ivan Reyes. Uh, you have Joe Prado and Claire Albert on inks, and Alex and Claire on colors. Wes Albert Abbott on letters. Um, the issue looks great. It reads well. I like seeing these teams together. Um, or sorry, seeing all these people together as they kind of try to bring this to a conclusion. It's interesting seeing uh, Clark and um, and Zod work together. Uh, just kind of seeing usual enemies working together is always kind of an interesting idea. Uh, you see the Legion of Superheroes, and they're definitely a little bit different than what we're maybe used to. Uh, and the idea that their inspiration and the creator um, of the United Planets is actually John Kent. Uh, really interesting concept. I'm excited to see what uh, Bendis is able to do with the Legion going forward. Uh, so I, I found this quite engaging. I didn't really dislike anything from these two weeks. Um, so it's been pretty good. And that's the book, last book I'm going to talk about. So I only spent about 15 minutes talking about two weeks' worth of comics, so not too bad. Uh, next episode, we'll be looking at, well, for sure, I'm going to be talking about Absolute Carnage Scream and Absolute Carnage Symbiote Spider-Man, as well as House of X. Um, but there's a lot of other books that came out the other day on the 4th of September, including Amazing Spider-Man Going Big, Alpha Flight True North, uh, Batman vs. Razal Ghoul number one, Champions, Conan the Barbarian, Feature Foundation number two, Fantastic Four number 14, Doomsday Clock number 11, a new issue of Immortal Hulk, Justice League. There's the Legion of Superheroes Millennium, number one of two. Uh, got a new issue of Lois Lane, Old Man Quill, Savage Avengers, uh, Star Wars, Supergirl, Superman Up in the Sky, Green Lantern, Punisher, and Web of Black Widow. So a lot of things to talk about in our next episode. Uh, but thank you for listening to this episode of Comic Shenanigans. And uh, if you want to email me, you can do so at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.